Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Leading from Alignment. I am Jim Wiegian, and I am here with my good friend, John Opaluski. John, how are you doing? Jim, doing great. Good to see you this afternoon. Are you still, are you still curling the uh, detergent uh, containers and doing push-ups for your exercise? Yes, I am. I took your advice from last week. I've been curling as well. Uh, my, <laughs> my weights are, are, have cheese on them. They're about a quarter pound in weight, and they have sesame seeds. But I, I have found the exercise to be delightful, and it feels lighter with every rep. So I am getting stronger. <laughs> hey, today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart and something that you and I share together. And that is, you know, we work together, we're colleagues, but that is not at all what holds us together. We're actually friends. You and I, yeah. are friends. I could tell you and your wife anything, uh, you know what I mean, that I'm going through. I trust you. Uh, I, I respect you. Uh, you're a gift from God to me. So I, mm. I am glad today to talk about leadership and friendship. Are the two compatible? Can you be a leader and still have friends uh, amongst in the environment the people you lead? So what are your, what's your thoughts on this? So Jim, as a young uh, pastor coming out of college, uh, one of the first things that I heard multiple times from the lead pastors I served was this, you can never have any close friends in the church you lead. Yeah, I, I heard the same thing. Like don't get close to them. Was it proximity breeds contempt or familiarity breeds contempt? Yes. Right. And if you're human in front of them, they won't like that. So just yeah. just be hypocritical, <laughs> put on an act, and uh, and don't be a real leader. I mean, a, a leader in the sense that's being a real person. Yeah, and and Jim coming out of college, where I mean, friendships were plenty, plenteous. You know, there was yeah. uh, that's one of the things I missed about college the most were the relationships. Um, the thought of having no close friends in the church I served. It, it did two things. It made me anxious and actually confused yeah. um, because it didn't sound right to me. But <laughs> what did I know? I was 22 years old. I didn't know anything. Right. Right. So I don't know. Jim, where do you think that idea came from? I guess I, I want to ask you. I think it's a, a biblical, you know, all the world will know they're my disciples if you distance yourself from each other's and, and <laughs> error of superiority. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think probably... You know, most, most of the rules, if you're bought a house, you have to sign one piece of paper that says I'm buying your house, one piece of paper that says I'm borrowing the money. The other 90 pieces of paper are to make sure you don't do a stupid thing someone before you did, like sell a house has lead-based paint and you didn't disclose it or, you know, those sorts of things. So I, I would imagine it probably came out of experience that people had bad experiences and someone yeah. along the line said, listen, it's just better not to have any friends in the ministry, in the church that you lead because they will always, you know, take advantage of it. I'd assume someone drew that line at some point, someone yeah. repeated it, and before long it became the norm. Right. And and they so I think you're I think you hit it hit it right on the head there, Jim. Um, I don't think it's a biblical thought. I think it's out of hurt uh, yeah. where this uh, came. You know, when you read uh, uh, Paul's writings, especially like Romans 16, where he lists all these people. Yeah. Um, he, he had friends yeah, oh yeah. in the churches he served. You know, he, he used phrases like Epinetus, my dear friend, and Stachus, my dear friend. And, and even Jesus said to the 12 guys following him in John chapter 15, he says, I, I call you friends. 
Yeah. So it's it's not the idea of having no friends in the church you serve. I don't think is rooted in scripture. I, I just as you're saying that I was looking up. I've been doing a study on Philippians in chapter four, verse one. This is interesting. It says, "Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the in the, in the Lord in this way, dear friends." There, there's yeah. five terms of endearment in one sentence. So to say, if you're going to lead well, lead distantly is so completely contrary to the Bible. So I, so I think the question maybe isn't, can a pastor or a leader in the business world even have close friends uh, in the, in the uh, business or organization they lead? I think, I think a better question is, is the, is it worth the risk? Hmm. You know, and maybe, and maybe that's where we should, pivot to a little bit here. You know, if we polled a hundred leaders, I think we'd get a 50, 50 split, you know, either side, each side would tell you either like a horror story of getting uh, turned on or stabbed in the back or the other 50% would say, man, I've just had nothing but good come out of uh, those relationships. And, and so I don't know what you think about this idea, but I think every relationship carries some degree of risk. Absolutely. Every, every time you trust somebody, you're risking being betrayed. Every time you love somebody, you're risking being rejected. 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And, and I think isolating ourselves carries risk too. Uh, maybe, maybe more risk than, uh, than having friends. And so I, I feel like this, Jim, that God's wired us for friendship. Yeah. And, and our life's purpose, whether we're in vocational ministry or leading a business, our life's purpose is intertwined with, with people. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to get to where God wants us to go if we decide I'm living in a relational desert. Um, yeah. So I think fear gets in the way um, of friendship. One other thing real quick I think gets in the way too, Jim, is, is busyness. And we talked in the last part about margin. Yeah. And, um, and how, how, uh, how to work on that part of our lives. But I think busyness is a barrier uh, as well. What do, you, what do you think about that one? I do. I, I think regardless of the quality of the friendship, there is some effort still expended in, in going for a walk and having a cup of coffee. You know, yeah. I think that's why sometimes we, we go to a movie so we can enjoy something together without having to expend any energy Except meeting at the movie and sharing a popcorn and, you know, finding our seat, enjoying a good story. I, I think that's evidence of, of kind of an emotional exhaustion. So back to a couple of pots ago about finding that margin so that when you do have time with friends, you're actually present and enjoying that and, you know, prepared for what, what may be a, someone being honest with you about a difficult topic that they're going through in their life or even, yeah. even confronting you, you know, that I, I just, uh, friendship does require investment. All relationships do, right? So yeah, if you're already running on red, then how much harder is having having friends? You know, Jim, you said at the beginning of the podcast that we're we're friends, and uh, I'm glad that we are. But even you and I have to work at this, don't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. To get together, and uh, you know, I, I can't. I've lost count of how many times I said, Jim, we need to have breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> with our wives together, with and wives. <laughs> we're we're struggling to make that happen. But it it um, and I don't think it's because we don't want to be together. It's because our schedules sometimes really get in the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Schedules are a bear. 
I, you know, we live in a, like you said many times, we live in a world where the work is never really going to end. It's mm. not, you know, we, we could go home every day. Uh, a carpenter goes home and the house is finished at some point. We go home and the church is never finished. The, right. the relationships, the, the, the amount of pain in the world is never finished. We will be on the front lines of the best and the worst of humanity for the rest of our lives, never having a sense of, of completion. Our race will be complete, but the race will not be complete when we're done. Right. We'll hand it to the next generation. So I, I assume you're kind of the king of hacks, of shortcuts, of, okay. of tips. Whatever you say, man. Yeah, I think you are. You have a way of, of taking complex issues and saying, I see this in four ways. And by the time you're done, you know, something that was uncouchable is suddenly reduced to four simple steps. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. So give us, give us some, some ideas. How are we supposed to do this? So, so building friendship isn't intuitive for everybody. As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's intuitive for anybody. Um, we have to learn how to do friendship. And so I'd like to really quickly, Jim, give like seven hacks, seven little cheat codes uh, for uh, building friendship. And these are for with leaders in mind. The first one is go first. Yeah. You no, know, you go first. Rather than waiting for people to reach out to you, you take the first step. And, and some, and that's scary. Like, you know, you, sometimes you don't know if people are going to reject you and uh, want anything to do with you. So you may have to try several times before you can determine whether somebody's even interested in having a relationship with you. But friendship building starts with intentionality right. on our part. So that would be my the first hack or the first cheat code for building yeah. friendships. Yeah. Anybody that wants to have friends must show himself to be friendly. Right. Yes. Proverbs says that's that's totally right. Here's another one. Uh, second one: be reciprocal. And let me explain that. Um, I, I think about relationships this way: adult relationships that aren't reciprocal, that aren't give and take, right, aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, in a healthy friendship, sometimes you're doing the encouraging, you're doing the listening, and other times you're receiving the encouragement and being listened to yeah uh, you know these one-sided friendships don't last very long yeah I, I i get that i sometimes people especially as a leader hey let's go have coffee and and what they meant to say is i want you to counsel me for the next hour and a half about my bad marriage and yeah. i really had a great time can we do it again next week huh. and you know that that wasn't that wasn't what the setup was i thought we were going to hang out go play around the golf i didn't realize i had actually had a guy one time say let's go fishing i love to fish so it was a three-day, he used all his American Express points, three-day fishing trip down to you know Florida, deep sea fishing, everything's paid for, first class flight, everything was wonderful. We got on, on, on the boat, he said, now the reason I asked you is because I'm having serious marriage problems and I, and I wanna know some ways around having to be married to my wife for the rest of my life. How is, is mistress allowed? Is our concubines allowed anymore? I'm like, oh, what am I? And I'm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Yeah. Thinking that I was going fishing with a friend. Instead, it was a doctrinal debate for three days. And uh, so the, it wasn't just seasickness that made me throw up. For the record, there was other things that made my stomach turn on that trip. So Yeah. Yeah. So the third hack. One. Yeah, third hack would be this. Simply be kind. I don't even know if I need to. Should I have to say that? But I guess I do. <laughs> you know, kindness is, is relational currency. Yeah, it, it just puts change in your friendship pockets that you can you can draw out when you need it. Uh, 
I think we live in a somewhat, well, not, I don't know if somewhat is even the right adjective. We live in an increasingly unkind world. Yes, we do. Yeah. And so kindness is disarming. It's, it's attractive, you know, it, it sets you apart. Um, and I guess I'm talking to leaders. We're talking to leaders here. And, and I think, can, can a leader do his or her job well without being kind? And I'm, I'm you know, but a lot, a lot of guys, this is a struggle. I don't know, Jim, what do you think about that one? I, I, it's funny when you're saying that, I was thinking about two movies and it was Crocodile Dundee and Elf. And both of them take place where people from well outside of New York's culture come into New York. And I, I remember, you know, Paul Hogan saying, hey, Mick Dundee in from Australia, how you doing? He's waving to everybody. He's, you know, and what's funny is instead of him being a buffoon, everybody, everybody kind of falls in love with the guy because he's the yeah. only nice person in that big city. And the same thing with, with Elf. You know, he comes into the, the Pakistani restaurant and says, you did it, you did it, the world's best coffee, congratulations. And, you know, he gets excited about a shiny mail room. And I, I you know, if you notice in those movies, both times the fool, because he's kind, becomes the hero because he's the only one that knows how to be kind, but our souls remember that yeah. it's Christmas. Our souls remember that, you know, that that's not a knife. This is a knife. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they're actually heroes because of their kindness, not because of their force. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> what else you got? That's three, three of our seven. Here's a fourth one. Grow your listening skills. Um, I think we fancy ourselves good listeners. Um, but when you are listening to reload and not listening to understand, I think you're not a very good listener. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking about something else. What'd you say? Say that again. Yeah, quick. I'll say that again. <laughs> Listen to understand rather than to reload. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, so Jesus was so good at this, right? I mean, eye contact, a welcoming body language, reflective listening, all of those communicate that I'm interested in you as a person. And, and if you have a hard time, if you have like ADHD or something like that, and you're easily distracted, you have to work really hard to stay focused <laughs> on what your friend is sharing with you and not let your mind wander yeah. uh, or, and, not, and not let your body language communicate you're disinterested. So right. yeah, really work on learning how to listen better. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was listening. I, don't, I have nothing else to say right now. All right, I'll go to number five. It's not natural for me. I'm telling you right now, I, <laughs> on a sunny day, the only thing I put sunscreen on is my tongue. And my mouth is open constantly. <laughs> Number five. Yeah, be trustworthy. Um, you know, the ability to maintain confidentiality, to be reliable and dependable are foundational to healthy relationships. I mean, just do what you say you're going to do. And yeah. if you want, if you want somebody to trust you, be trustworthy. It's again, I think that's like 101 stuff, but it's surprising how many of us uh, struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Keep going. Uh, number six, be wisely transparent. Um, sometimes uh, we're not wise when it comes to transparency, Jim. Uh, I, I think I think uh, the more tr trust grows, the more you can share about yourself. Yeah. Uh, some some of us mis make mistakes here. We either open up too soon, and uh, or we never open up at all. And I think both of those extremes are uh, unhealthy. Yeah. I think you know the where my mind goes right now, John, is that thought where there's this emotional person on social media that just posts their, you know, it's not even worth it anymore. Oh, just forget it. And wants so that everybody will reach out now 
to, to say, oh, sweetie, are you okay? And I, I, I agree. I think that sense of uh, the very first conversation shouldn't be the deepest, but as you talk, there should be deeper and deeper trust. Right. As, you know, with trustworthiness, there should be deeper trust. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. It, it, and that's fine. And, that's you fine. know, relationship will only go so far. Yeah. But boy, there are some relationships that have great potential. And, yeah. um, and being wisely transparent is a real, a real important piece of that. Let me give you the last one here real okay. quick, yeah. John. And that is uh, be available. Now, we talked uh, right at the beginning of this pod about busyness being a barrier, right? Yeah. So friendship, I don't think ever happens accidentally. Maybe it does, but rarely if it does. Uh, it's almost always the, the fruit of purpose, uh, right. of planning, uh, of getting some. We, we talked about this a couple of pods ago, I think, getting margin in your, in your life and creating space on your calendar for friendship. I treat coffee with my friends with the same degree of seriousness that I do a, an appointment with one yeah. of my clients. Yes. It's an appointment with my friend. And can I say this when somebody says, hey, can you get together? It's really important. You can say, I already have an appointment. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're, uh, you're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your relationships. You're taking care of your community. And, you know, Jesus said it, and as, as well as the Old Testament, the poor you'll always have with you. And poor doesn't just mean those who don't have enough money for, for rent. There's those that always have needs. They'll always be around. And the right. best way to help them is to put your oxygen mask on first. In case of a sudden depressurization, put your mask on first so you can help those that are around you. So, yeah, yeah be available. I love that. I love that. Um, as we look towards our next one, um, I, I, there's, a, there's a statement here, and I, I just want to quote. Can I, can I read what you wrote? Please. Yeah. I love this. This is when we come to our life's end, we won't be measured by the size of the church we lead nor the business we run. We'll be measured in large part by the friendships we've nurtured. We won't be remembered for accomplishments as much as we'll be remembered for the relational value we've deposited in people. That, that needs to be shortened in the Chinese characters and tattooed on the forearms of millennials all over the world. <laughs> that's genius. I, I think that's absolutely true. In fact, I would say this. I think young people don't know that. You have to be, forgive me, you're not an old person, but you have to be older to really appreciate the truth of that statement. Yeah, as I get older, Jim, relationships, those are the things that matter to me the most. Time with my kids, time with my wife, time with our, my grandkids, and time yeah. with my friends. Yeah. That, that's, that matters to me more now than it ever has. Yeah. And, so, and so I think leadership and friendship are definitely compatible. Yes. I really think they are. And so I want to encourage our leaders to put away fear, to make room in their calendars, and to just dive in to the to this world of relationships that are so rewarding. Are they risk free? No. But the 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 reward far outweighs the risk in, in my perspective. Yeah. You know, the second Peter talks about your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. And one of the things that an opportunist hunter like a lion looks for is those that are wounded, those that are separated from the herd, those that are mm -hmm. not well. Uh, we, we really um, become devil bait when, when we ignore the advice he just given us today, don't we? We, yeah. we will become almost universally uh, failure uh, because of that. So having good friends, people you can trust, people you can call, people you can enjoy, people you can share with, um, your movie buddy, your walking buddy, your workout buddy. These are buddies we need in our lives. 
uh, in our marriages as couples as well. So let's do that breakfast real soon. As soon as it's not like, you know, a terminal exercise to uh, go to a restaurant. Right. Nine, we'll do that soon. All Thanks right. so much. So the next one coming up, I'm a little bit nervous about because we're talking about exercise. Something I, I kind of gave up recently in the last couple of years. I've been a distance runner and ultra marathons and, you know, ran across the state of Michigan and was a weightlifter and military. And about two years ago, I just, I just, for some reason, took a week off and have not gotten back to it. So I am looking forward to the next podcast. Let's see. Let's see if you can talk your friend into it and, and tell me why. All right. That's my goal. That gives everybody a week to pray for me before this next one. So in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us today. Leading from Alignment, we are just so glad that you've made this a part of your life, of your staff, of your friendships. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on this podcast.